This is DJ Ready Red coming at you, and this is Graffiti Talk Radio, baby. You know the deal. Yeah, we got my other partner in crime, uh, Big Diesel, Derek Talley. Derek, where you at, man? Hey, what's up? Yeah, and uh, we have a special guest today. He was the music enforcer who produced a lot of rap a lot earlier music, and he was also a very well-known DJ around the country. So, you know, let's give it up for DJ Ready Red. Ready Red, it's good to have you. Thank you, thank you. Ready Red coming at you. What's up, fellas? Yeah. How's everybody going? Oh, yeah, everybody. All right, all right. Yeah, so how everything been going for you lately? Been going good. I woke up today. I'm happy about that. You know what I'm saying? I'm still out of my house, but I made it home. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, God was good to me today, man. Yeah. Yeah. And before we kick off, man, Bumblecloud was talking earlier, and I said, um, I remember back in 1990 when I first went into Peppermint Records and I saw the uh, the Ghetto Boys album, you know, with the with the mug shots, and I said that if somebody would have told me that 26 years from now you're going to be talking to the bright guy in the top there, I'd have told him to stop lying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get that a lot. You know what? You can tell that's the downside, Charlie. That's what they call me, bright. They say, "Oh, you bright." Yeah. I've been called skin, red, yellow, this, that. But when I got down to Houston, they said, oh, yeah, he bright. But they actually kind of like the bright boys down there a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So I was cool. <laughs> cool with the ladies and everybody, man. So, hey, we all come in all different shades of black. As long as you keep it real, it's all good. Yeah. yeah I appreciate that, man. So, you know, here I am. You know, I've always been accessible, man. That's one thing. <laughs> You say about the whole Ghetto Boys. We was never no big entourage. It was Willie D, Scarface, Bush Bill, myself. We always uh, was with our road manager, Chief. And I had yeah. one roadie named Steve. And it just was us. What you see is what you get. And even before that, it was Jukebox, Johnny C, and Bushwick. And uh, even when I first came to Houston in 87, K-9 Raheem and Keith Rogers Jukebox. You know what I mean? Side Jukebox, right. man. So... They've all played a part in the history, man. You can't speak on one level of the Ghetto Boys without going back to the beginning to where it all started at. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so um, what, what part of New Jersey did, did you grow up in? I'm born and raised in Trenton, New Jersey, which is the capital, which is about 40 minutes from Philly and about 45 minutes on a good day to speed from New York City. And it's just a big culture well. It's what they call Delaware Valley, the tri-state area. You got New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, or you can go New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, depending on where you're at geographically. 
But it's just oh, French right. culture. And then right. you got the Philly culture, you got the New Jersey culture, you got New York culture, just so many. Then if you go down, what, about another two hours, man, you got the Baltimore, D.C., you got the Go-Go. You know, it's just rich. Yeah. It's just rich yeah. culture in this area right here. Right. Yeah, so um, what influenced you to want to start DJing? I heard, and yes, y'all, the sound that you hear death to your ear, have no fear because the Grandmaster Flash is here, the Dolph Vader, the Sly Fader, nobody in the world cut straight or greater. And I was like, whoa. Grandmaster uh, Flash, yeah. I said, listen, listen, listen to the beatbox, whoa. And it blew my mind, man. I was trying to play football then. You know what I'm saying? Right. But uh, I found out, like, in my junior year, that wasn't going to really work out. So hip-hop was really turkey, was, 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 was taking off. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's why I'm a DJ. I can't talk. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so uh, hip-hop was just really starting to take off. So I said, hey, you know what? Hey, man, I want to get some turntables. So it was around, like, 79. And I kept quitting all the time. It wasn't until, like, 81 that I really got serious about it, and everybody in the hood. See, I'm like this. Back in the day when you was in the hip-hop, when you got acknowledged by other folks, this is what you do, then you are. You know what I'm saying? I was calling myself a DJ, but I wasn't a DJ until yeah. before the hood recognized you as being a DJ. You know what I'm saying? Just like, yo, that man cut on. That man, you know, my man is good at that, or my man is good at this. Another, you know what? And I heard Farrakhan, Minister Farrakhan, speak on that. You know what I'm saying? He said he was a gifted Calypso player, but won't nobody acknowledging him. But when he joined the Nation of Islam, that's when people started acknowledging him that he could speak. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, when you find your forte and what you're good at, people start acknowledging you, then I think that's what you should go down the path to do. But never shortstop yourself. You won't do anything you want to do out here. You know what I'm saying? Word, word. You inspire. So, you know, that's, that's what I say. So I was glad DJ thing. I could do that. I wanted to be Bruce Lee when I was a kid. That wasn't going to happen. Then I, I figured I could be Jim Kelly because I had a fro. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, my heroes back in the day, man. So, you know, it, it just just a lot of exposure to a lot of different things, man, that when hip-hop came, it was just like the natural. It was just like a natural to me. You know, it was like, wow, I could express my Because I always was kind of quiet. Then, man, right, Right, man. You know what I'm saying? I got picked with a lot. So the Bruce Lee thing come in. If y'all know me, you know I'm crazy about Bruce because I started fighting back. Cause I always get beat up, get my toys cooked, this, that, whatever. And my pops took me to go see Into the Dragon. And when I saw right. this man move, even though we had Muhammad Ali, see, I always thought you had to talk to be a good fighter, like Muhammad Ali. <laughs> <laughs> and then when right. I saw Bruce Lee, I said, you know, he don't talk that much. But when you get him going, oh, my goodness. You know what I'm saying? So with my little bit of allowance I had, man, I brought me a karate magazine that had, you know, the steps to doing karate in there. But they yeah. was missing something, a book. I didn't know they was hitting back. So uh, one day in the park, I seen a guy doing his katas. And I went over there, and I begged him to teach me, man, because I want to learn how to fight. And you know what? I did extract revenge when I learned how to do it. To the bullies, I got all my stuff back that everybody right. took from you know what I'm saying? But then after I learned how to do it, I didn't want to fight. I tried to avoid it. You know what I'm saying? But it was just good at that time to uh, be able to take care of yourself. That was before What's all the guns and everything like that. You know, it, it, it was hand-to-hand combat, and you lived another day. You might fight three or four more five times. 
but you know, you came back the next day, you gonna shake hands or we're gonna go at it again. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So uh, yeah. So that was the era that I was from. So when the hip hop thing came along, man, you know, that was just the natural thing. It it, it caught out to me and uh, I got kinda good at it, man. So I was doing that in Jersey. I got down a brother named Dal Bruton gave me a chance on a bigger platform to get down at a place he was managing called the Capitol Roller Rink. And that was like 2,000 people Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So, bam, there it is. And I'm playing on a prestigious sound system. You know what I'm saying? And it was like, whoa, man. And then he gave me that platform, and then a brother named Arthur Armstrong came in there, and he started bringing down the original Brock's crews, Cold Crush Brothers, Funky Four Plus One More, Treacherous Three. I met a DJ named Dr. Shock from the Bronx, and I right. wanted to learn what was going on. He was from the South Bronx, so he took me under the way, and I started learning different cultures. I would go to Philly, get the cats, you know what I'm saying? I just would go any and everywhere that I needed to go. You know, once you on that mission, man, you just go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I always yeah. wanted to, I ain't going to call it competing, but just wanted to see where I was with other people in different areas, you know what I'm saying, other than trend, because at that time, it wasn't as uh, sociable as it is now. Uh, Trenton and Philly and New York, right there, you know, you there's legends that you never heard of that is super bad, you know what right, I'm saying, right. on, the, on the MC thing, on the DJ thing. And these cats would be like, yo, I remember I was saying about DJ Cheese before I knew who Cheese was, before Cheese went on to make records, before Cheese mm-hmm. wasn't it, uh, the, the first DMC when he changed the game. I was saying about Cheese everywhere I went. I said, well, who's this DJ Cheese? And then the girl that I had at the time, she moved to Plainfield. Now, way back then, I'm from Trent, so that's like 40-something miles away. So it's very right. territorial that you're going up North Jersey. And Right there, I had to go in the north New Jersey to catch a train to go to Plainfield. I would go check my man out. Spin always was cool, but he always had a big entourage around. But I said, yo, that man is nice. You know what I'm saying? So I just picked up my game, got nice. You know, I just never wanted to be rocked by nobody. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Just like you care for yourself. Not saying I'm the best. I ain't never been a superstar, DJ. I always could hold my own in any situation. Right. You know what I'm saying? I was always the type of DJ that if you wanted to get on, bam, you could get on. You know what I'm saying? You're not taking nothing from me because I'm going to do my thing after you get finished or before you, you know, you do your thing, you know? I'm like, yeah, come on. It's just friendly competition to me and stuff right there. So, you know, and I still do that. I still have that uh, that competitive spirit in me. But at 51 years old, you know, the DJ game has changed a little bit now. And uh, right. But I still embrace what hip-hop is, you know what I'm saying? That was uplifting. Uh, your fellow people that was living in blight, you know what I'm saying? The project, the project, really, this where this all started at, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And right. uh, they had no hope, so they found what they could. Actually, if you watch to get there, you know what I'm saying? This is a very good show. It's bonafide. You got one of my heroes, two of my heroes, Grandmaster Flash, my man Raheem, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Getting busy as being the, uh, the, uh, the technical advisors. And you said how hip hop came about, you know what I'm saying? Before it was hip-hop, it was just, you know, on the flyer, you know what I'm saying? So cool. Uh, so, you know, watching it get down, that brought back a lot of memories because uh, it was mythical. These was like mythical uh, 
superstar people, you know what I mean? So watching that reminded me of me growing up and thinking about who was these guys from the Bronx and what did they do, you know, things yeah. like that. You know, so, yeah, it was good. I enjoyed to get there. I just got finished watching my man Luke Cage, Power Man. That was fat. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I mean, Ben, right. man, I feel like they keep me up all night, man. I watch it. I feel like, how many episodes? 13. Next thing you yeah. So, so Fred. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. When, when did, when did you uh, originally meet Delphore? When did y'all link up? Did y'all link up in Jersey? or Did you link up in Houston? Okay, this is the story. There, my oldest sister, well, my next to my oldest sister at the time, she came back from L.A. Said she needed me to go to Houston because she had a little issue down there. Uh, it was a cat, you know. Whatever. So I said, all right, I go down there. I'm only going to be gone for two weeks from the crib. But got that there and ended up staying nine years. You know what I'm saying? So during that time of me being with my with my sister, I went to a battle of the BJs at the Rhinestone Ranker. And this is where I met N.C. Trahan and Keith Rogers, a.k.a. the side jukebox. Right. And they came up to me and said, hey, man, we we'll introduce you to a man named Jay. AKA Little James. So I talked right. to James and said, Hey, man, you know, I got this group called the Ghetto Boys. And we got a cut out there called uh, Car Freaks. So I said, Okay. Now, just imagine that. I met this man about 9 o'clock, right? So about <laughs> yeah. four hours later, when I get home, all hell break loose with this cat that I had to be there for my sister. So now yeah. I got to call this brother that I just met. He told me, Call him if I needed something. Yeah. So I needed some help. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so bad. He sent his troops and he came. You know what I'm saying? And uh, the next day we went out, bought a TR-808, bought a, a little mixer and a little, a little top coat mixer and some other things, and he let me move into the car lot. And that's when we started the history, man. That's when the, the history was started. So I started working with Raheem, K-90, Jukebox. Now, James and N.C. Trahan, they had wrote to make it trouble, pretty much. The name describes the background, describes it well. There's so much trouble in the vice We got a story to tell, which was tight. Now, yeah. I brought with me a 909 drum machine and about 50 records I had in the case. I had no turntables. N.C. brought my turntables. I'm going to tell you about N.C. in a minute. But he brought my turntables, uh, and I came up with a little studio that I could have the turntables running with the beatbox. That's how this matter of fact, that's how I did make it trouble. There wasn't no sampler on that. Not yet. You know what I'm saying? But I just would run the beatbox and then I would get the turntables in time with the beat and just run stuff up underneath it because I didn't know how to sequence yet. You know, right. that 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 was coming. So uh that's how to make the trouble house came together. And then uh if I remember correctly Jukebox stayed down, Raheem went solo, and K-9 went to jail. So they was looking for another MC, and the MCs that they had on the table wasn't going to make it, man. Jukebox was tight, you know what I mean? So I told my man, CEO, Jay, man, you know, I got an MC that I've been using since 81, man, named the Prince Jackie C. And I let him hear two demos that we had made prior to me leaving Jersey. And uh, Jay... Said, yo, call him all down. Call him all down, Johnny C. 
heard what we was doing, did his best on that. He said, Red, but I got to get off, man. I got to get off. So he came up with assassins. As I walked through Fifth Ward, I saw this man. He was kind, but he was blind. Assassin Joey and Red. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, and he was and he was getting into the groove of that because Johnny C, MC, you know what I'm saying, and he wanted to yeah. show that he could contribute something other than what was already written, you know what I'm saying, and uh, the way that side jukebox and Prince Johnny C clicked at that time, see nobody knows that we were pretty much in that phase of the Ghetto Boys, we were the guinea pigs of the label. They say, hey, man, we need something like the Fat Boys or we need something like Run DMC or we got to go to this uh, convention, man, but it's on y'all to get us to the next level. You see right. what I'm saying? So yeah. we could do Jack Rapper and Jay invited the whole industry. We had Heavy D, Russell Simmons, Leonard, all these record executives in there, and Jay really wanted to see what time it was with us. You know what I'm saying? So we performing for the industry. And after we got finished, man, they gave us uh, I could say a slight standing ovation, and then the next thing you know, oh, yeah, man, you guys going to be the next biggest thing. Every day came up to me and said, yo, man, that was dope. You know what I'm saying? Russell listening to my music on the, you know, on the box. And my man, N.C. Trahan, we outside, he said, you read? You know what, man? Y'all did it, man. And I was so happy that I made him proud of us, N.C. Trahan. He would later get tragically killed doing the right yeah. here videos. Man. But you know, but we dedicated an album to him, man, the Gripping on Another Level album, man, and that's what uh that's what took off for us, man. But you know, it was that Making Trouble album that actually got us on the Fat Boy Wipeout tour. Along with Day to Day, Salt and Pepper. You know what I'm saying? So and what I really can't stand is when people say, Well, that segment of the Ghetto Boys is not as great as the Willie D. Scarface and Bill said, and I'd be like, no, you got to put breaks. See, we right. built the foundation. We did all the stuff yeah. that there wouldn't have been no others had we not did something back then. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. And, because, uh, yeah. Yeah, because um, Raheem, he had said that you, Jukebox, and Johnny C. had worked on a, another album with uh, Jumping the Height, and it had yeah, never got yeah. Yeah, so what was yeah, that process yeah. like there, man? Why Jay Prince had never put that one out? How many songs did they oh, have on that album? I had about 12 songs, man. Okay, now you know how they tell you about the secret meeting that took place, but nobody will admit to the secret meeting that took place, but you be seeing it all the time on various yeah. hip-hop sites. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they go out to L.A., come back. They say, I know. We have a, you know, a sit-down discussion. Jay talking about, you know what, man? I need some uh, some things, man. We're going to talk about what we know, man. We're going to talk about, you know, life. We're going to talk about drugs. We're going to talk about this and that. Johnny C touched on it in the other song episode. He says, yo, man, I need some, like, chilling. I need some, some pimping, some stuff like that. Johnny C wasn't with it. Jukebox wrote uh, as Paranoid, sitting in a deep sweat. He, he had started writing that stuff. And yeah. that's when UD Scarface... And, Bill, we went down to Jay's Ranch, and that's when we came up with the new album called Gripping. Actually, it wasn't Jumping the Hype. That album was called Gripping on, was called Gripping. Johnny C. had a joint called Gripping. We was using a rock track, sort of like a Tone Oaks Wild thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's how that got. But the album got shelved. But 
what was funny is that on this uh, priority compilation called Gangster Rap, uh, they got Easy E, NWA, a couple of other cats, but they got a song of ours called Must Be the Music. Yeah, or, yeah. That that's what got the priority deal. And cleverly, from what I found out, since it was already in the works, the album called Grip It, it just got changed to the Grip It on another level for they would not take away the distribution deal. Now, I don't Damn. have any of that, but this is what I heard from the reliable yeah. source. You know, sure. so I'm like, okay, so when you hear that uh, we won't get it or he had to spend his last piece of money or take this gamble, I think that's not being so truthful. You know word, what I mean? Word. Yeah. On it, because we made money. And then I just found out on the unsung, they told me, like, Making Trouble only sold, like, 50,000 copies. I heard it sold 100,000 copies. And Damn. that generated some millions of dollars back even then. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. So that's like, one thing. I'm like, okay, what's up with that? Then we did the uh, You Gotta Be Down with the uh, war beat behind it, Slipping in the Darkness. Yeah. Then I did Willie, Willie D's album. Then I did Choice album. So I'm like, okay, now I know we should be doing a little something now. You know, but I right, this is my man. I'm going to see what's going on. So then we do the grip it on another level. We are going out. We're going to Detroit. We're going to Chicago. You know, we getting out there. People are saying, yo, man, I love y'all stuff, man. But Willie D, big asset, doing the majority of the writing. Uh, let a hoe be a hoe. Uh, uh, ball head hoes. <laughs> you know, stuff yeah. like that, really. You know, people are really starting to accept the Scarface. Brad Jordan comes in there. I had to tell Face, yo, man, you should change the name to Scarface because Brad, the act, action. If you listen yeah, to yeah. on another level, that man had about 15 names. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> on there. And I'd be like, yo, call yourself Scarface. Now, when John Beto, before he got into producing, that was like, you know, this Brad's band. John Beto had a good ear. John would help me pick out the chicks and the snares and stuff like that. Because I'm kind of tone deaf. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The things right here. Uh, you know, I can do the samples, but finding the, the, the good drums to put up underneath there. But then I found out my drums weren't bad. They just had to be EQ'd. I learned that from Ruck, uh, Rick Rubin when he remixed the Ghetto Boy Luck Shout Out. You know, wow. there, my stuff was tight. It just was never mixed correct. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you got to yeah. have that engineering and all that can make it or break it. So, uh, you know, things was going pretty good, man. So it's, it's just like after the grip it on another level, then we covered Rick Rubin, all the controversy of the CD pressing plan, and we getting barred from Geffen Records. And then I'm like, yo, what's going on? Then you on stage worrying about your lights getting cut off, you ain't got no money here. Then I'm like, yo, something ain't up, man. It ain't right. You know what I'm saying? And I'm looking Word. at everything that's been done. You know, I'm loyal. You know, hey, yo, when I got into that Scarface movie, trust me, I was living there. I stayed loyal to you, man. You know what I'm word, saying? Word, word, I went, I wouldn't let a fly land on you. You my peoples. You know what I mean? That's me. I come for yeah. you. I die for you. So, you know, right. I had to make some decisions. I'd be like, well, I'm going to go get me a lawyer, man. Because this ain't right. Because what it is, and this is with all record companies. I just rap a lot. When they needed something, it was family. When we needed something on, man, y'all need to take care of y'all business, man. 
know what I'm saying? Shit. Yeah. And when you see the last page of a contract, you don't know what you done signed. You just know it got your name on there. This is a fellow black man that's making you live your dream. I mean, you, you go ask him for what you want, he'll give it to you nine times out of ten. You know what I'm saying? But my daddy back in New Jersey. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm, I'm making you money. I'm, I'm, I'm putting you on a, another level now. So you can have all the money in the world, but if you ain't got the talent, then the only thing you got is a bunch of money. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But it's us, the artists, that are putting it out there, making you respectable for whatever you did to get to where you're going now. You know what I'm saying? Now, me, I'm like, if I've been there from the beginning, man, you should break bread with your peoples. You know what I'm saying? Sure, uh, sure. Okay, now I know turntables don't cost that much. I know that twelve hundred SP twelve hundred did about two thousand. Say, say all together, maybe about to get everything right. That's ten grand. What I need, you know what I mean? Yeah. Get a little house here and there, little things here and there. But I never heard no 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 uh, rap of that album that I was on that sounded like a hundred thousand dollars worth of studio time involved since I was breaking pretty much all that up on a task cam uh two forty four four track quarter. Then I was going up and down into the studio, you know what I'm saying? I kept count of all this, man. So I'm like, you know what, something ain't added up, man. You know, and as a man, bro, I'm like, okay. You sometimes you can be blindly in allegiance, but you want to see where it's going, you know what I mean? But by the yeah. time uh, we did the Bunk Shot album with Rick Rubin, and I call up there, and they say, I know we back on Rappalack, and I ain't, you know, nothing what's going on with that. I ain't seen no check from that American. I ain't seen nothing, you know what I'm saying? So, face at the time, he wanted to get into production, so he started coming over to my crib. And I had brought some sound waves. Where Premier was working at. The DJ Premier was working. Him and Carlos. That's dope. That's dope. Yeah. And the, uh, what they call cutout bit, you know, they got records in there for 99 cents. Word, I told you, I grew up watching black exploitation movies, so I seen a movie that I never saw. It had Fred Williamson, Isaac Hayes, and Italian Cat up on there. It was called Tough Guys. I said, well, you know Word. what? It's 99 cents. I'm going to get me two, maybe see what I can find. So we listening, and then that. Then, 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 come on. And right about that time, Big Bismarck's Picking Boogers was out. Now, I always liked yeah, the yeah. his drums, which is nothing but the jam by Larry Graham. So I sampled uh, the Picking Boogers, which is the jam, and put together the early structure of uh, Hung Up on My Baby, which would become uh, the uh, Mind Playing Tricks joint. Right there. Me and Faye started playing around with it. Bill was there. Bill's the only one to notice on that other son. Bill don't even want to even mention to say my name on it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah. Never did nothing else to the mother two cats or whatever. So, anyway, man, so just imagine you doing this, you solid, you are the sound of what's going on at that time. You can't get no money. So, one royalty uh, statement period, I wanted all mines. They wanted to pay me. In installments, I said, "Well, let me pay y'all in installments if all this so-called studio time and recoups y'all got. Let me pay y'all like how y'all want to pay me. You know what right, I'm saying? Right. I got to take care of my family. 
you know, my, my grandparents, my moms, you know, brothers and sisters, you know, things of this nature, man. And after a while, you know what I'm saying, you telling me, hey, man, you want that business? The business on the cover of a, of a, of a Car Freaks? Word. That was made off it. Or, hey, man, you want that jewelry you've been wearing? That was, no, you know what I'd like to do, Jay? I would like to buy my own with my own money. Right, you know, right. that's cool. I don't want no hand-me-downs. I want to buy my own, man. You know what I'm saying? So, so you know, so so that's how that became that right there. That's what kind of put a divide between me and him. And it got to the point where, yo, if you ain't coming directly, then I'm not giving you no more of my talent. You know what I'm saying? So I went my way, you know? And I ain't right. looked back. And I see years later, ain't nobody got nothing. You got trinkets. You got little things here and there, you know what I'm saying? But you don't have anything after right. all these years. And I'm like, yeah. you know what? I'm glad I got out when I did, bro. Right. So, you know, look, so look, when y'all had did the, the Mugshot album, um, how was Rick Rubin able to, to, to change the, the spelling of the Ghetto Boys? Well, you know, uh, being that this was Rick Rubin, the guru, just left. That's him and all that, man. Uh, we just put everything in his hands. You know, now, ghetto, which is a Jewish term, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I yeah. think we're one of the first people to start the spelling where the words are not spelled correctly. You know what I'm saying? Just the G-E-T-O, which at first I was like, oh, that's kind of whack. Because you got to understand, I'm from a school where everything is spelled correctly. You know what right, I'm saying? Right, right, right. Functionation and stuff like that. It's like, uh, that so I had to get used to that. But I'm like, okay, this is Rick Rubin, LL Cool J, Public Enemy, Run DMC. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, all right, he he might know some stuff. <laughs> so you know, who am I? Only thing I I had a problem with Rick. I said, Rick, I want to do a new album. You know what I'm saying? We can't give the fans something that's been rehashed because if you listen, that's to me, that's that's cheating your fans. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Do the mugshot album, and it's this remix. But he put see he, he put his touches underneath it, and he didn't mess with my stuff too much. He actually said, "Red, you need to start sticking up for yourself, man. Don't let them do that to you." You know what I'm saying? Wow, and yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay, you know me. See, I'm 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 like this, man. I I ain't never been a complainer. I'm I'm a team player. You know what I'm saying? Maybe yes, maybe law maybe law to a fault. You know what I'm saying? That no, no matter how bad the situation is, I can always still see the good. I'm learning. I'm learning that sometimes right. you just got to call it for what it is, man. You know what? You know what a cop is, French? That's a pig that don't <laughs> Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, yes, you know, sir. and I looked. And uh, but he did a good job on that. Like I say, to this day, I don't know how many records were sold, man. And then the choice, the choice album, you know what I'm saying? Then uh, I was pretty much made to be the bad guy because when the heat came down in the studio, I was left standing by myself. You know what I'm saying? When my man come in with his people, talking about who's saying uh, I'm ethical, I say, you know, that'd be me, man. That's me. Right. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I'm like this. Let me say something. I was taught that all people are the same, whether it's from the highest to the lowest. You got dough, I don't kiss your butt. You ain't got no money, I treat you just like 
king that you are. You know what I'm saying? And with me, yeah. I'm not impressed by your your money or who you are and this and that. If I'm your friend, I'm your friend. You know what I'm saying? Regardless, I'm not. I don't want anything from you, man. You know, and uh, you know. One thing I've learned out here, there's always a window of opportunity for things to calm down. Things kind of calm down because his people didn't step to me because I guess they saw the point that I was making. He's like, well, damn, man, this, this man been with you from day one. Ain't took you. Ain't did nothing. Because my man was getting took by other folks before I got there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This and that. Now, here I am the outside. I'm from New Jersey. But Houston done gave me a home then gave me a chance to polish my craft. So like I told you, man, I'm loyal, man. You know what I'm saying? People see what I'm doing, man. Right. You know what I'm saying? They they know what I'm what I'm trying to do, man. Alright? Uh so you know Word up. Things things was like how they was, you know, so I, I went home. Uh my fiance at the time said, What's wrong? I said, Well, I left the group. That's what's wrong, you know what I'm saying? And uh thought about it. And I believe that same night, Bill got shot in the eye, and Pee Wee, who was sort of like the cruise everything guy, you know what I'm saying? Like right. Jerome with the man to the time. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. he said, Yo, Bill shot in the eye. So I get up there, and uh, Bill is tied up. Let me tell you a story, quick story. Now, Bill, when I was living at the car lot, the late, great DJ Lottie Mack passed away maybe a year ago, two years ago, was wildly killed. He introduced me to Bill. Me and Bill hit it off. So Bill saw how I was living at the car lot and said, come with me. And I went over there and I met his sister Rosie and uh, they took me in. You know what I'm saying? And uh, when I get in there, I meet his sister Rosie. She said, he read. She cried. She said, man, the bully is stuck between Bill's speech and understanding. And she cries, so I'm trying to console her. So I go in there, and now Bill is tied up. Damn. Bill's eye is bigger than a pool ball, like that cue, the white cue ball that you shoot the balls with. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. How big, that's how big his eye is, hanging out his Damn. head, man. Damn. He's like, yo, yo, Red, untie me, man. I'm like, I can't do that, bro. He's like, come on, man, you're my boy, man. Untie me, I want to pull it out, Red. I said, no. I said, look, man, you got to pray, bro. You know what I'm saying? So I go outside. I'm like, oh, God. I said, my man going to die. So I go down there and smoke a Newport, come back up. They done got this cat on a gurney taking pictures. I'm like, wow, oh, wow. no, y'all ain't, man. No, y'all ain't. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, come on. Now, so, you know, the most selling this album cover, I'm not on that cover because, first of all, I think that's evil. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And if I know, and I done sat down with your mothers, how I'm going to explain that to your moms? Oh, well, that's my friend. He was almost dead, but he took a picture. Come on now. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's just some things, man, that I, I won't do for a dollar. You see, these are the things that you do when you sell your soul. You know what I mean? Well, right. well. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's subtle stuff. It ain't the big stuff. You know, it ain't like you met the devil and you done signed your name in blood. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's just these right. little things that when you start contradicting, contradicting, oh, I can't even talk, contradicting uh-huh. your moral principles, 
right. dollar of what's going so, on. You're not, you're not being true to yourself no more. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. So who, who originally had came up with that idea because, uh, you know, Willie D had said in the interview that it was his idea. And uh, because we just getting different variations of that story, because Scarface said in his book that they went up there the next day and they took the picture, and he said that, that he didn't want to take that picture cover. That was James. That's Little J all the way, man. Okay. Didn't, let me tell you this: did nothing go past without Jay. Totally, everything got agreed on. It was Jay. We might have gave input, but it was Jay thought it direction. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. Up on there. And that right there was 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 the same night, man. Okay, that's the same, same night. night. Yeah, that's that same night. That's when they they asked me that I want to come back, uh, and I was like, "Nah, man, I I was done." You know, plus I was gonna get married. That's another story in itself, right there. <laughs> right. <laughs> My yeah. mom was playing tricks on me that time, but you know that 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 right there, not getting paid, that affected a whole lot of things. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'll tell yeah, yeah. you the whole story because I don't hide nothing. You know what I'm saying? Word, After word. that, the way it looks, it looks like I left. They got a hit record. I ain't do nothing. That's how it was fun. You know what I'm saying? Because they left my name off the album. But I'm the first here on there doing the Rebel Rock family as the year 2000 reached into the free world. And everybody knows right. that's my beats and my production. I don't even know why they front. You know what I'm right, saying? Right. That's my thing I'm running right. in. But because I told the man, hey, man, go take a hike, he let me, he let me see who had the power. You know what I'm saying? That, which, is, yeah. which is cool. I understand. I understand how it is. You know what I'm saying? What well, Tupac say, got to get your bank up. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah, so my man had his bank up. So during that time, you know, so I uh, get married and stuff. So I'm like, okay, I still should have some royalties coming. So I go up and grab a lot. No nothing, anything. I'm like, okay, you know what? Cool. So I just took the downward spiral, man. Got into the drugs. Never been in, didn't start getting high. I was 26 years old, man. You know what I'm saying? But that's yeah. that's how bad that when you get kicked, that you never think that you would stoop so low. You know what I'm saying? Because I always thought that, you know, people just want to get high. They've stolen their life away. But you never know what happened in that person's life to make them start. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. And uh, I had learned to have compassion, folks. I mean, I'm 15 years clean and sober now. I just got my life right. But during that time, it was just, I felt like a failure. Nobody was believing the story. I said, man, I did that. Uh, oh, yeah, thank man. They kicked you out, man. They did that themselves, man. And blah, blah, blah. You know, you probably won't good enough, man. I was like, really? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, okay. Yeah. You know what? And the bad thing, I started believing it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I started believing it because I was the one that was made shit, man. You see what happened to Red, man? So uh, y'all don't keep on getting down, man. Y'all going to be out there like Red, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. and so That's my little J impression. Y'all been so, come on get down with this, man. You know? Yeah. So prior to all that going down, you had um, y'all had took the the, the cover for the Scarface album, Mister Scarface's Bay, you know, which we found yeah, we out that. later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and they blacked me out. They blacked me out of that right there. 
Ain't right. that so? Yeah, so in other so, words, they are stricken me all out the history, period. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, that's fucked They just yeah. taken me all out. Well, you know what that is? It's like this. There's a scene in the Ten Commandments when Moses claims his, his slave heritage instead of his king heritage. And, uh, and his name is stricken from all the books that he's put out right. in the wilderness with just his staff. You know what I'm saying? See, what I love now, I couldn't see it then, is that God had a plan. You know what I'm saying? You see, right. it says what's done in the dark will soon come to light. It may not be the day, the next day, 10 weeks from now, whatever, but eventually what you do, you reap what you sow, and it will come to light, man. And the first should be last, and the last should be first. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, here we are some years later. Just like you say, my man, 26 years later, here I am in the flesh, better man uh, who was broken, who was living in the pandemonium, who, who just didn't even want to live no more because I thought that I was a failure there. But God picked me up and gave me a chance and brought me back better. Everything I lost has come back to me. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. And uh, here I am. You know what I'm saying? Right. Look, I'm yeah, it, thing, man. It, it, I appreciate it. And there's a couple of more questions I wanted to ask about the album cover. Um, man, you can ask me anything you want. Who, who I know I'm that was all over the place, but I'm, I'm trying to get it out. Y'all want it? I'm going to give it to y'all. You know what I mean? That's what's up. That's what's up, man. Yeah. Thank you. No problem. Y'all can ask me anything y'all want. I can say yes or I can say no to it, man. Okay. Keep asking. Yeah. I ain't got nothing to do. Yeah, so who who was the guy that was in front of you that, that's between Willie D and Scarface? Oh, you know what? That's Steve. That's my road. That was my road. Steve Salinas. Okay. Oh, yeah. Cool Mexican brother. Yeah. And then you okay. got John Beto and Bill right there. They going yep. for for the guns. I'm going for the yayo and the money. You know what I'm right. saying? Yeah. Hey, that's what I was going for. Okay. And the two that was in the bag that's behind you. Yeah, I believe that's Beto and, uh, Beto and uh, Mike. Yep. I mean, okay. Beto and Steve. My bad. Right. So, who idea was it to, to take that album? Cover was it was it Lil J? That was that was the groups. That was the group's decision on that. Doug King, who was an in-house producer, you know, he had money and guns, gold medal flower. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> on, on the table. You know what I'm saying? That's a reference to really be. Uh, playing tricks on me. Word, word. Yeah, we say, hey, let's make it look like a drug transaction going bad. And that's how we staged that. It made it look good. Yeah. Yeah. Look what's up. All right. Yeah, so then even uh, after everything had went down with Rapalat, a while later you had worked on a few other projects too because you had worked on the Black Monks album. Yeah, you know, my man Beto looked out for me, man. Beto seen that I was, you know, in that downward spiral, man. He's like, yo, man, man, come on, pick yourself up, man. Beto offered his hand to me, which I was very grateful. So I started helping B. But, you know, around that time, it's just like everybody was treating me like I ain't did nothing. Like I was only good for a kick or a snare or or something. You know, they made it seem like the music that I 
had produced didn't get them to where they needed to be at. So therefore, I was, you know, you know, you know, you know what I felt like. What my man told me, he said, "Well, you think I am a baggage handler?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? There ain't no baggage handler. I right, right. You know what I'm saying? I get y'all the game, but you know when you when you're on them drugs, you know you will accept and do some things, man. Just because you know what I'm saying, you will keep a couple dollars in your pocket. You got your wife at home that loves you, but you can't see that at that time because you're blinded. You know what I'm saying? So you you start losing your respect. People just talking to you any types of way, you know. Yeah. And I accepted that. I accepted that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so you know, I kind of, I kind of played myself because I was getting high. I was doing whatever. So maybe, you know, I had to be like, okay, well maybe I ain't nothing, you know. And I believed that for years. Oh man, I ain't nothing. And everybody would be like, yeah, man, the boy's doing good, man. And this and that. Don't you wish you stayed, man? And all that. I'd be like, no. I don't. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Bumble Clay got uh, Yeah, I was wondering, um, where you at when you was uh DJing at the the Wrangler? Uh, what was mm-hmm. the, the battle? What was the battles like there? Like the freestyle battles, uh, like the rap battles? I heard oh, they was legendary. Okay, now check this out. Okay, now I was gonna go bust just some some raps that I wrote back in like '83, '84, but Word. then for some reason. Some say, you know, you know what? Let me see how these cats get down here first. Well, so I never forget. It was, it was Romeo Poet. It was Willie D, Luscious Ice, and a couple of other cats. They started right. doing this thing called cap rapping, talking about mamas, rats yeah. on your floor, <laughs> ball yeah. your mama, freak, freak. You know, I'm like, whoa, I'm glad I did it at this battle. <laughs> And Willie B was the master of that. You know what Damn. I'm saying? So yeah. when he came to that, I was like, nah, I'm glad I didn't because I just, you know, I wanted to make some money. So I, I was going to come down with the East Coast flow. But then I said, you know, let me let me see what's going on. And that was another right. thing. See, I had to learn something. See, being just because you are from, like, where the Mecca is, you got to understand that music that travels down, everybody adapts to it regionally to what they are going through and what's going on. When I first started hearing the two live crew, hey, we want some coochie and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. At first, I, did, I didn't get it. But, but then I said, hey, you know what? This is regional music. This is what they into. This is what they do. So actually, but, that opened me more up to be more uh, musical with the ideas that I could come up with. Because now I say, you know what? I think I'm going to use this. Or I'm going to use that. You know what I'm saying? Because... Yeah. Being from the East Coast, sometimes you can limit yourself on what you know works. You know what I'm saying? Where down south and then the Midwest, West Coast sound, they was playing the funk. They was playing, uh, uh, you know, things that they liked. You could two-step. became more musical. You know what I'm saying? So I started tapping in to a lot more of the records that were just known as the breaks and beats that everybody right, right. used in hip-hop. So I enjoyed that experience, you know. Word, word, yeah, for sure. Got to be a better producer at that. You know, and I ain't never, like, I wish I could make beats like Dre, you know, and stuff like that, man. It'd be top. I, I'm a DJ before anything. I'm a, You know what? Man, the DJing thing and making the beats came because I heard Flash was on the beatbox. Flash right, was right. on the beatbox, you know what I'm saying? I wanted to do everything the Grandmaster Flash could do. 
You know what I'm saying? So, okay. yeah. That's like flash do whatever, but then flashes on the beat box, go in. I said, oh, man, what's the beat box? Boy, said, it's a drum machine. So I went to the cat at a drum machine, and bam, I started making beats. You know what I'm saying? On stuff right that's there. That's what's up. And, uh, yeah. Could do it a little bit, you know. Uh, now, I say my production is getting good. I'm working on some new stuff. That's, that's uh, going to be something near and dear. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to catch in my 20s. I'm 51 years old. Uh, but I'm working with some young cats. Uh, got a couple of cousins. My man Caliber, my man Frank Costello. Stuff. I'm going to be working with them. You know, I was trying to keep them out of the, 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 the reality rap thing. But you know what? That's what they do. That's what they enjoy. I, I never Word. was a shortstop artist. You know what I'm saying? So just, just be true to you. You know what I'm saying? That's what I be telling artists. You got to be true to you, man. You know what I'm saying? No doubt. If that's not what you want to do, then don't do it. You know what I'm saying? Like me, I don't want to hear about chilling and knives and rims and tins and all that stuff. Man. That's that's old. Right. What are some of the solutions, you know what I'm saying, to what's going on out here, man? You know what yes, I'm saying? Sir. Black Lives Matter. You know what I'm saying? What's going on? How come I don't hear none of the messages in the songs of what's going on? You know what I'm saying? That's what will make me respect you. I don't want to hear the mumble. Mumble, mumble, mumble. I'm like, what? Yeah. Hold on. Let me go back. One of my boys said, Red, the reason why they mumbling so that's all that surf and the mollies and all that other drugs <laughs> they can't open their mouth. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I, feel yeah. I like the music. I like the trap stuff. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes I'll be like, what did he say? I remember I was spinning for my cousin's shower. Me and my older cousin, her mother, we were sitting there listening to the music. She was like, Word. man, you hear that? I said, yeah, that. It's dreary. It's like there's no hope in the music no more, man. Word, word. It's just like drugs. It's drugs now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No right. hope for the Yeah. Yeah. What's the best advice that you would give to up and coming producers and beat makers? Learn this business. Learn this business so when you get old, like I am, you have royalty checks and publishing checks and everything coming in when you ain't got to get yeah. up every day go to work hard. Learn what it is. It's business first. It's the music business. Don't trust no one. Exactly. Don't yeah. care how good it seems oh. in the future. You know what? It's business, man. And they will respect you if you stay with that. Now, people ask, well, how can I get started? Because if you go in there business-minded, that yeah, you want points, you want this, you want to publish it. Oh, man, you tripping, man. You ain't going to get all that, man. You unknown, man. I'm giving you opportunity, man. I'm spending my money and stuff, man, blah, blah, blah. This. They didn't go on and keep on with it. You go on somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? Word, word. Take, take care of your business, man. Because you know what? You're going to be wanting to kill folks. And you just might do it in this day and age. You know what I'm saying? No doubt, so, right? It makes, because you allow these things to happen to yourself. Uh, I threw that in the wind because I wanted to do something. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to make something out of myself. I wanted my mama to be proud of me. I wanted, yes, I wanted to give them good lives. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. But you know what? God provided all that for them regardless anyway. 
Yeah. So, so yeah. I'm glad that they got to see what I did do. They was they was proud of me. I never really got too much in trouble with that. But you know that's that's what it's for. That's what I wanted the money for. Maybe I could have gave them a better life. Maybe they still be living. You know what I'm saying? Word, word. I feel you. Yeah. That could have been made. You know what I'm saying? And uh, but yeah, I say as an artist, man, learn this business, man, because trust me. Uh, you gonna wish that you had because this gonna feed your grandkids and you ain't even got it now. But you know, years right. later you gonna wish that you knew something about this man because it's uh it, it, it's hard once you really learn it and you be like, wow, I was getting peanuts and they was making millions off me. You know? Yeah. And you know that 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 you made millions and you could possibly be a millionaire several times over. The only thing you got was some trinkets. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? Wow. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So learn the business, man. If you don't know, ask. Google it. You know, I, I'm so glad, but I don't know something. I Google it. Yo, what is There this? you go. That's the man. <laughs> you know what it is? You know, for sure. Yeah. Hey, do you like the new technology that's out there now, like the Native Instruments tractor? Yeah, but I use Serato. I heard attractive, but I used Serato. Uh, matter of fact, quick story, I wanted to get sets where I could do throwback sets. I know I was better than the other DJs that had all the digital vinyl systems and stuff, but I yeah. I was like, oh, man, I, ain't, I, 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 I don't know about that. That ain't pure. But then I had to look at it. I said, hey, you know what? I could use this how I could use it, spit all that new stuff, and still be current. You know what I'm saying? Word, I, word. I had to embrace technology. My man Red Alert. DJ Red Alert said like yes. this. How many of y'all still use rotary phones? And nobody raised their hands. How many of y'all got cell phones? Everybody put their hands up. Don't be scared of technology. Right, you know right. I don't use all the bells and the whistles to it. You know what I'm saying? Because and Grandmaster Flash said it the best. He says, if you was whack in the analog era, you would be whacking the digital <laughs> era also. Yeah. True shit. Yeah. Because it don't help you. Let me tell you what, 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 how I got it. As long as it plays, and I can get it, I don't need all the effects. I don't need the uh, the beat grids and all that stuff. I just want it to play on turntable one. And when I slide the cue over, bam, it plays on turntable two. Word. You know what I'm saying? Now, if it came down to my life, just give me a crate of records and some electricity I'm plugging up. I'm unplugging the laptop. I'm getting rid of the hard drive because there's too many factors. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's involved. This is the times I've been spending and all of a sudden the uh, the wave will stop. Even though the music is playing, but you're trying to figure out what's going on between the laptop and the hard drive. Yeah, yeah. And you're hoping that don't nothing stop on you. You know what I'm saying? The worst thing that could happen is somebody pull the plug or kick a hole in the speaker. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If it comes to that, I'm unplugging. I'm going to unplug, man. And stuff. But yeah, you gotta embrace this, you know, this stuff, man. Uh, which I do. I never get scared of technology. And hip hop has always been, you know, the the new gadgets. If you go back to day one, you know, I got a color TV for I can see. Next play, you know, color TV. You know what I'm saying? You got your gadgets. Got to have your gadgets. You know, got to have your toys. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I just try to find ways, you know, to be like, how can I attack it? You know what I'm saying? How can I apply my math to this? Okay. 
Yo, yo, Red. Uh, what's up? What's up with that funk band or the like the blues band or something like that you're playing with now? Oh, that's instant funk. I got my mind made up. Come on. Yeah. That's okay, dope. let me tell you about instant funk. Instant funk are the unsung funk band. They are the sound of Philadelphia. They played on Evelyn King's Shame. Never knew oh, that nice. until a couple of years ago. And Raymond Earl, the bass player, has been my mentor since I've been 15 years old. Uh, wow. Denzel Washington, Denzel, uh, Dexter Wenzel, Theme of the Planets. Uh, yeah. Played the bass. That's a known break record in hip-hop. On, the funk is on. That's a yeah. classic one the Grandmaster Flash brought out. You know, and they the most humblest cats. And they and three years ago, they asked me to be their DJ with South Soul Records. Was having right, a reunion right. in the park. Actually, where they, where they filmed Wild Style out in, the, in East River Park. That's so right. I'm on the same stage years later, and my mentors are trusting me to do they sound for them and to enhance what they already had played on 30 years before me. You know what I'm saying? So wow. That's, That's dope. Yeah, so we That's got a dope. show, uh, a, night, a night with Instant Funk in November the 12th. Nice. Stuff, man. You know, that's coming up. So, yeah, so that's that's what I enjoy doing. I'm doing my thing. Like I said, 51, man. You know yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying my best, you know, just to keep doing what I do. Uh, yes, I ain't never going to stop, you know. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, so you, uh, a while back, you said that you was at the, uh, the new music seminar with Ice Cube and uh, Bud the Law had that fight. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the first time. Yeah, what that went down. Okay, uh... I actually was talking to Africa Bambata. Uh, and uh talking to him about wanting to join the Zulu Nation at that time back in nineteen ninety one. And uh I saw some craziness going around me. And I was like, What's going on? I knew it was West Coast cats, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I said, Bam, you okay? He said, Oh, I'm good, you good too. That's what all the Zulus popped up around us. You know what I'm saying? Right. Swat and stuff, man. Yeah, they was uh, going kind of crazy right there. And, uh, you know, they was riffing because Cuba just left. Uh, started his thing. We did some shows with the uh, Lynch Mob. We was on tour with uh, Yo-Yo, Ice Cube, uh, Kwame. Where right. Wanted, maybe, could have been. I don't know. Them two, I think it was kind of the most wanted them that got into it. Some, I'm not sure what the other group was, but yeah, we was like playing Memphis, Missouri, uh, Mississippi, and a couple other shows, man. But yeah, Cube was like always down with us from day one, man. First time, actually, uh, when they played the Summit that they showed in uh, Straight Out of Compton, uh, Straight Out of Compton, man. That's when we yeah, first met. Yeah. And that's a real, that's a real thing about that by Felicia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know yeah, yeah, that's a real that's a that's a real deal. But uh Q came up that's to crazy. us. Yeah, and we also met uh P E that same time. Around that same time, man. But yeah, the Ghetto Boys NWA all used to do shows together, too short. Uh Spice One and all them, man. We was just all big family. Ice T, uh two live crew, you know, 'cause we was the first ones to start putting it out there like that, you know. So we all family Word. Together, man. That's what's up. Oh yeah. So you know, it is what it is, man. 
No doubt. And it's clear, you know what I'm saying? So as I look back over things, man, I'm glad that it got uh, established at the Dirty South. Uh, yeah. He started the industry, and to be a pioneer, started that. And to be recognized for that, man, is a great feeling of accomplishment. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and I say this, you know, sometimes I say, well, you know, maybe the, the content is too strong. But it was a learning tool during that time. This is what goes on in the hood. This is what happens. There was some game behind the madness. You know what I'm saying? For sure. There was a moral to the story. You know what I mean? So, overall, man, I think I, I think that it's been good. And, you know, I ain't stopped yet. I ain't going to stop till I die. You know, I'm going right. moving. Keep on doing it, man. So, you know, right. and then for you guys, 26 years later to even still be interested. I was just telling somebody the other day, I think I posted this, man, that you should be happy that people still care about you 26 or 30 years later after you've done something. Say yeah. hi to them. Hey, what's up? You know what I'm saying? This and that. It don't hurt you because you're not a star. We everyday people out here. You know what yes, I'm saying? sir. Some people say, oh, I don't know about that. Man, you ain't special. You know what I'm saying? Or I say, I just me. I treat everybody the same, man. You know what I'm saying, man. You high, low, this and that. You know, if you want me to kiss your butt, I ain't the one. That's all right. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and then after, yeah, Lil Rapper lied. Uh, they were they was looking for you to do some productions on Death Row. Well, you know what story goes that Michael Harris. Hario was looking for me after I left the Ghetto Boys. He was instrumental of getting us on the Wipeout Fat Boys tour. Right. And uh, he said he couldn't find me. Hario is a friend of mine. So if you listen to the Ghetto Boys be there, then when I'm down in L.A., I'm down with Hario. You know what I'm saying? That's yep. my people. And uh, right. he was looking. Now, that could have been a whole another history right there. You know what I'm saying? But Things didn't work out. He couldn't find me. I couldn't find him. You know what I'm saying? Because I definitely would have went. Because Harry was about his business, man. You know what I'm sure. saying? Yeah. Right. He's good yeah. People, bro. yeah. And, and another thing I wanted to ask about the Ghetto Boys Be Down. Um, with uh, Be Down and My Musician, mm-hmm. was those leftover songs from Making Trouble? Or these were songs that I did for that album? Was it a Maxi single? Yeah, it was a maxi single. We needed something. The only thing that was from making trouble was my single that I did called Why We Live This Way. That I I started that back in '85 before I even came down, and they put that on there. We needed something commercialable uh, from the direction that we was going, so we did Be Down, and it was popular to have your DJ do a cut, you know, a cut record and stuff like that. So that's how we did the My Musician and the Be Down. No, those don't. Leftovers from making trouble. Those was absolutely new because that's what we was going on. We needed something between that and then the album called Grip It. So we okay. gave him that, the position in that, and then we started working on the new album. Word, word. Right. So, um, so when uh, earlier when you was talking about the uh, the the secret meeting and Jay Prince had came back, so. Was this during the time when Jay Prince had went out to New York, things didn't work out, and he had came back to Houston? No. 
that's when he went to New York. And he moved Rapalot to had Rapalot East for a while up that way, just to go learn. Right. Probably from the Def Jam folks, Leonor. I know him and Leonor was cool. You know, just to you know see what was going on as far as East Coast. At that time, you had to work with the East Coast people. You know right, what I mean? word, word, and stuff. You know, so he went he went out there for a while, and uh, so the uh, after we got established, from them coming back from L.A. and we started to do the reality rap. You know what I'm saying? Then. They, uh, no, you know what? No, he went East Coast first. Then he went to the East Coast first, and then when we came back, he went West. And then that's when they decided to go ahead with the reality rap, bro. Yeah. Word, word. Yeah, that's how that went down. Uh, how how, instru- how instrumental was Carl Stevenson and, and Cliff Blodgett to, like, the early sound? Weren't they there, like, in the very beginning as well? A rap a lot? Yeah. Uh, well, actually, Carl Stevenson, he went on to, to do, uh, what's his name, Paul Abdul and Top Cat, the, the, the yeah, rapper yeah, Cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right there. He was good. He could program uh, the uh, synthesizers, LFOs, VFOs, and all that. He could make up sounds. Word, he did word. a lot of programming and stuff. And Cliff, Cliff is like the forest dump. Just know everything. You know what I'm saying? Word, he word. Was <laughs> the face, the face of rap a lot where he'd go meet with the people. And stuff like that, you know, that's do up. things right there. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, they they always down. They they actually came in as artists. You know what I'm saying? They did. Uh, actually, they Carl, had, yeah, was it a demo? Yeah, was it a demo? Actually, uh, yeah, it was a demo. He actually produced. Uh, they was doing techno stuff, man. Carl actually did Raheem's yeah. album, the uh, Vigilante, man. That's all Raheem. Wow. Man. That's all he was sitting on that, man. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, the two bad brothers. Uh, oh, they two bad brothers. Around lot, but they never. Boys, yeah, they never got the shine. You know, you see, to me, it's like this. If you want a ghetto boy, you won't go get the, the, the proper amount of attention that you needed. The Wall Flush, that four, two bad brothers, uh, Boss, uh, OG Style. Oh, man, the... Uh, Oh man, the uh, I Squad, all yeah. them cats, man, was so talented, still are. Man, Rap A Lot could have been that type of label where they could have offered something for everybody. You know what I mean? For sure. But what was the, see, as far as that and budgets, now I'm assuming this. It just seemed like if it wasn't. Taken off by word of mouth, we here. They didn't put no money in the promotion of it. You know what I mean? Uh, and with some particular albums, you have to promote them. You know what I'm saying? But this is how you can also get took too. So if you got something and the ears on the streets are listening to it, man, the promoter got no choice but to come see. You. you know what I'm sure, saying? Yeah. So yeah. That was the philosophy with us, man, because. Uh, it just started taking off where they had no choice but to come to us. You know what I mean? Right. So, now, every album can't do that, though. Yeah, for sure. It's all right, yeah, because I had said a while back and it got to the point when I was in the rap a lot, I was into it so much, even the artists that I didn't know, if I saw the rap a lot logo, I was just picking it up. 
know, because yeah. rapper, I had that name, you know, it had that track record, and that's what I was sold right. on. When I got it, I, I wasn't disappointed. Yeah, you know what? At one time, that could happen. You know what? And that's how you should always be as a label. You always know. Just like when I used to go buy records, I always brought Profile, I always brought Enjoy, I always brought Sugar Hill. Definitely yeah. because I know I would right. get more bang for my dollar. You know what right. I'm saying? What's going on? You know what I'm saying? Right. But then, after a while, what happened? Oh, man. That yeah, three or four dollars for the trolls, you, you know, out of all the crates I do have, I might have 10, eight number of whack stuff up there. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because so look, I just just to buy. Right. So look, did uh Jay Prince uh during during the days uh when the ghetto boys was real popular, did uh Jay Prince have any other guys here considered to put in the group but it never happened? I can't I I, I lost the last part. Did Jay Prince do what now? Did what was it any other guys that uh Jay Prince had considered Putting in the ghetto boys group, but it never happened. Like, did he have any? Like, just general. Uh, the only one that ever been in there has been Big Mike. Oh, okay. And Big Mike was nasty after Willie D left. Okay. Now, the only thing I can really talk up to is the time that I left. You know what I'm saying? But from what I hear right. from Mike and all that, the Willie D wanted to go solo with uh, going out like a soldier. Uh, that's when Big Mike came in, and Big Mike came up in there, and Big Mike tore that shit down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Let's really keep it real. And him, and him and Scarface, you know, could really was flowing, you know what I'm saying? Bill was getting nasty, too, you know what I'm saying, on there, yeah. on there too. But Big Mike, you know, Big Big Mike is gifted, man. Right. Yeah, yeah, so, man, what you got going on nowadays, and where can people reach you at? Well, they can reach me, but, you know, I'm always on Facebook, man. You can just send me an email, sure. Red at gmail.com. Uh, I'm at DJ Ready Red on Twitter. Instagram is DJ Ready Red. Uh, man, let me see. Well, I got a stat endorsement. I endorse stat turntables, the STR 8150. I'm in the works with a couple of other more endorsements. Uh, I'm working on the album now, uh, trying to get back where we had to stop a little bit on the original Ghetto Boys, which was Johnny C and my man Keith Rogers with the side jukebox, where we renamed us Old Youngins right there. But that's kind of on the shelf now. And I'm going to be working with my cousin Frank Costello. He's on Facebook as Frank Costello and my man. Caliber uh, 007. Word, word. I, I, got, I got a lot of stuff going on. But you know what? I like it to come to fruition before I talk about it sometimes. Right. You know, no doubt. you know it happens. But best believe that I'm getting busy. Right. So, so, Red, can you give us a shout-out, man, Graffiti Talk Radio? I sure can. This is DJ Ready Red coming at you. And this is Graffiti Talk Radio, baby. Yeah, appreciate that. Yeah, so and there you have it, everybody. Another hip hop backstory told by another hip hop legend. About to you to you by Graffiti Talk Radio. If we don't talk about it, it's because it didn't happen yet. So peace and may old school hip hop live forever. Peace.